0: It's show 99 of the RIM Pro Report. Dave Bergeson of Prism International joins me today on the show. This show is sponsored by our good friends at O'Neill Software. What I know is that the staff at O'Neill are really ultimately committed to your RIM service company success, salespeople, management team, technical support staff, customer service people, the entire research and development team, they're all working to support your RIM service business. And you can learn more about them yourself at oneilsoft.com. I've tried to think about a song that represents the number 99, a theme song, as it were. You know, there's uh, 99 bottles of beer on the wall, but that one, it's just frustrating and annoying. Oh, well, there's 99 red balloons, but it's kind of a strange perspective on war, uh, I think. It does have a nice tune, however. Oh, right, I have it, there's the song by Toto. All of you who understand Toto and remember Toto, remember this song, 99. That's going to be our theme song today. But because of copyright and licensing restrictions and infringements that could entail from me playing the song, I'll refrain from playing it here. But I will say 99. I've been waiting so long. Oh, 99. Welcome to the Rim Rim, Rim Pro Report. The one and only weekly broadcast for the REM support services industry.
1: Bustling with
2: news. Views. Here's what I believe. And the latest updates. That's just This show is full of interesting information. Stories. Yes! Important product and service reviews.
1: Yes! And a cast of industry characters included.
2: (laughs) Record center operators.
1: Shred and destruction vendors.
2: Media and electronic vaulters.
0: Scanners and imaging providers.
2: Take note. This show is for you.
0: Now, here's your host, Tom Adams. Hello, how are you? Thanks for coming today. I'm excited to let you know this is our 99th show. And you can officially be grateful that I never truly started to sing that Toto song, as good a song as it is. That would not have been pretty. But with this being show 99, it inevitably means next week's show is going to be our 100th show Our century show, The Big Kahuna. So I'm really thrilled to announce we've reached this incredible milestone. So I'm inviting you to join us next week. We're going to do a few prize draws and some giveaways. We're going to do some other interesting stuff too. Have some cool guests on. I'd love for you to be part of the show by joining us next week. But that is next week, and though I am incredibly excited about it, we have a show for today. Normally, we jump into the industry news at this point, but this week I'm foregoing the industry news. I've been traveling and have not had much chance to catch up on what's going on, so we'll get back to it next week. Let's just jump right into calling Dave Bergeson, the executive director of PRISM, the new executive director of PRISM, I might add. I'm really looking forward to our conversation, so hang on while I get him on the line. Dave Bergeson is the new executive director of PRISM International. He started in the role before the conference in Las Vegas in May, and if you were there, you might have had a chance to meet him and speak with him, but for sure, you wouldn't have had too much time to learn about him. So that's what we're here to do right now. Dave, are you on the line? I'm here, Tom. Hey, welcome to the RIMPRO Report. It's great to have you on in your new role as uh, the executive director of PRISM. How have your first few months been in the role?
2: Well, thanks. Um, they've been terrific yeah you know, you, yeah, you can imagine uh, it's no easy task to move an association to Chicago that's been rooted in North Carolina for almost 20 years. oh but, yeah uh, there's a few boxes to go through a few few files to open and just a few people to meet as well
0: yeah and and so but the the whole process as much as it's been you know it's a it's a big thing to pull off to to not only become a new executive director but to move the whole thing. How has that all felt to you? Is it Obviously, it's not something that's new to your world, but it's obviously this is a different environment and a different set of people and a, sure. a different board of directors and all that kind of stuff.
2: Sure. Well, you know, I've been an executive director before, so the role of an executive director certainly isn't new to me. Right. But the role certainly of executive director of PRISM is new, and you just heed on uh, something really important, and that's just meeting a whole – group of different people and that's been going terrific yeah people have been great to me very welcoming and also very understanding you know the transition i think has gone well i'm, I'm hoping from prism membership perspective that people can you know haven't sensed a whole lot of disruption certainly from our end it's, it's gone well so we've had our share of little bumps yeah but they're little bumps and nothing big
0: oh good so what has been the best thing so far since you started? What what has been the you're you're not new to executive management or executive directory in a, in a association environment, but within this new setting, what's been the best thing that you've experienced so far?
2: Oh, well, without question it's the people I've been working with. Yeah. You know, every day I get to work with people like Jim Teske, and Nate Campbell, Chris Pearson, Lori Palmer, Neil Goldman. Dave Remus, Dave Herrick, yourself. I mean, I've got a big, long list of people I work with, and everyone's been great. That's thats actually, it's interesting. And in association management, not only is that the key element of success in association management, but it's also the best benefit, and that's certainly what's happened here.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's so cool to hear. Has there been anything unexpected since you started? is there been anything that sort of, uh, and, and I realize in, in a move and a transition and all that stuff, things show up, but has there been an unexpected, either unexpected in terms of delight or unexpected in terms of, oh, I wasn't aware of that in this industry or something like that, that's that's sort of emerged for you?
2: Well, transitions like this can be pretty tricky, as you can imagine.
0: Yeah. Um, not
2: only the physical move of the association, but you know, candidly, we're changing over the entire staff team. Right. Um, and Jim Booth and his team did a great job. Uh, yeah. So I have to say, it's been it's not a surprise per se, but it kind of almost is. It's been a pleasant surprise because when Jim and his team did such a pleasant, uh, a terrific job, everyone nonetheless has been very welcoming to us. So prison members have done a great job of finding that balance between honoring and respecting a great outgoing staff while at the same time kind of welcoming a new staff and encouraging them. So kind of in transitions, that's a little bit rare. So it's it's been a wonderful surprise with PRISM.
0: Oh, good. Oh, that's great to hear. So let's go back into your own personal history before we come back to some of the stuff that's happening in PRISM and where you as a association are going in terms of the new directions and that. But let's talk about you personally. You're a Ph.D., I, I understand. <laughs> so what are you a Ph.D. in and what was the original goal in your Ph.D.? And tell us a little bit about your own personal story.
2: Sure. Well, almost 20 years ago, I got a Ph.D. in biological anthropology.
0: Biological um, anthropology.
2: Exactly, right. I did my research on three species of monkeys, actually, that lived in Central and South America and specifically how they moved through the trees. Really? Yes. So, you know those tails that yeah. these monkeys can pick up things with and hang from? They're called prehensile tails. Right. And at one time, believe it or not, I was probably considered the world's expert in prehensile tails, not only in monkeys, but in other things that have them. So, uh, I, what I found myself in was a situation in which I had got my PhD, I was writing papers and applying for professor jobs, and I ran face first into a market that was flooded with PhDs. Hmm. So, I ended up doing a little part time work for an association. I did a little research for them, and then I did a little bit more, and the part-time job turned into a full-time job. And what I found out was, first of all, I liked it a lot because I worked with a lot of different people, learned a lot of different things, and I was told, frankly, that I was pretty good at it. So between enjoying what I did and kind of getting those rewards of, at least from what other people say, doing a pretty good job of things, you know, uh, John Lennon once said that life is what happens when you make other plans. That's kind of what happened to me. Right. I grew into an association management career, and I have to say I love it. it. It's not what I went to school to do, but it's terrific.
0: Yeah. The monkey thing just, just <laughs> lends itself to so many conversations <laughs> that I'm not even sure where to go with that because, I, I yeah. It, it's... Well, if
2: you see me taking notes at a PRISM conference, observing people closely, whether it's on <laughs> the exhibits or in the session <laughs> rooms, I maybe have an ulterior motive, just so you know.
0: Uh, looking for their prehensile <laughs> tendencies.
2: Exactly right.
0: Right. Right. Okay. So you you kind of gave us a clue how you ended up in association management, which is you started at it part time and then that that just grew on you. But so that that led itself then into obviously moving moving uh, upwards through that kind of environment upwards meaning just growing in it becoming more adept at it and then taking on the role of ex- executive director tell us a little bit about the story from you know getting out of the monkey business <laughs> into the oh I love it that's wonderful uh, into the association business which probably is close
2: yeah right well it was funny because uh, as I said I just I started work part-time and do research. Uh, for uh, the association, and I just did a little bit more and suddenly found myself in marketing meetings. Yeah. And as you can imagine, I was used to dwelling in jungles and dwelling in classrooms, and suddenly I'm dwelling in marketing meetings. And I guess people liked what I said, so um, I started to participate more and do a little bit more and a little bit more. And eventually I found myself an executive director about 10 years ago. Hmm. And I was executive director of the group I actually started with, the Awards and Recognition Association. And I worked with them for many years, and I have to say one of my most rewarding experiences was just a few months ago. They inducted me and surprised me by inducting me into their Hall of Fame. So it was quite an honor and very touching, and nothing that I anticipated at all as I started off in this career.
0: Wow. So that's the association that works with companies that are involved in awards and recognition-type stuff? I mean, what mm-hmm. what is that?
2: Yeah, they make trophies and awards and plaques and... So, for example, some of the plaques that were given out at the last PRISM conference, I happen to know, were made by ARA companies.
0: Okay. So it's, it's the actual manufacturers or service providers who put that stuff together. It's not necessarily the companies that make swag or that kind of stuff.
2: Yeah. They do a lot of engraving, a lot of personalization. But the vast majority of them are small businesses yeah. and face a lot of the issues that PRISM members face, yeah. such as market penetration, customer service technological challenges, yeah, a lot of those same issues.
0: Huh, very interesting. Yeah. And and then I I think I read in your history you moved from that into medical somewhere, some medical association, right?
2: Yes, uh, the Association of Pediatric Hematology Oncology Nurses. They're nurses that care for kids with cancer. Just amazing folks
1: in Wow. in terms
2: of what they do. So, again, that's one of the benefits of working in the association industry is you work with great people. You learn a lot about a lot of stuff. It's one of the reasons why it's so rewarding.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's that's very interesting. Tell me a little bit more about the unique structure of an association management company and the work they do with a small association like Prism. And you've already said, and a, a number of months ago we had Jim Teske on the show talking a little bit about the transition, but... Tell me how those parts intersect and how they all work together, because I think coming from an industry that's always had a internal staff, as it were, and moving in a transition to this new type of environment, what, what are the differences or, or what are some of the unique ways this supports an association like PRISM?
2: Sure. You know, I can imagine that to some PRISM members, when it was announced initially that PRISM was looking at an AMC, at an association management company, some members probably were nervous that suddenly PRISM isn't going to be well served or it's going to be served by people who are only interested in taking orders or somehow just be a vendor that somehow facilitates transactions within PRISM. That's not the case at all. You know, I'm proud to work at an AMC, but I'm hoping and expecting that PRISM members don't know us that way. Right. PRISM members are going to know us as their PRISM staff And, you know, my job is not simply to answer the phone and answer questions. My job is to help this board get where it wants to go and help develop a full member benefits program for PRISM members. So, you know, that being said, um, since you asked, the AMC model works really well for an association the size of PRISM. So as you already probably know, some of the team works for another association in addition to PRISM. In fact, this uh, APON, the nursing organization that you mentioned several of the team also works on that association as well but what this allows us to do is effectively increase the size of the prism team and the footprint of the prism team and allows everyone on the team to work in areas in which they're an expert so while I'm the executive director of prism for example yeah i'm not going to be the one doing most of the negotiating with the hotel for our annual conference right I, you know i'm going to be working with the board figuring out strategies and tactics to pursue working with task groups but it's going to be Kay Granith our, our director of meetings who has 30 years of experience and thousands of contacts in this industry that's going to be working more directly with the hotels and negotiating a hotel contract so you know Prism is going to want Kay Granith to do that so that has 30 years and thousands of contracts rather than Dave Ferguson, who probably could do it but almost certainly wouldn't do it as well as Kay so it allows for a bigger team and the team to focus more on their specific areas of strength.
0: Right. So that that expertise gets brought with a K-type person into each of the, the specific task roles that the staff plays.
2: Exactly. And also, there are other executive directors under this roof as well. So if I'm facing an issue with PRISM, I can knock on the door of Mark Engel, who's just down the hall a little bit, or Jeff Henry, or another association executive here that may be facing same problem. It's a lot like a law firm when the lawyers all get together around a big table and say, I've got this going on, I've got this going on, does someone have experience in this? So PRISM, I think, is really going to benefit from a bigger footprint, a bigger staff footprint, and some shared expertise under the roof here as well.
0: Now, one of the things that, that and you've mentioned Kay already, but one of the things I've seen in a couple of emails that have come out from PRISM are some of the team that are working for PRISM. And, and, and I know uh, at the conference in Vegas we really didn't get to meet them in a more formal way but maybe you, you might just mention some of the key team members and what their roles will be and and give us a little sense of who they are
2: sure so in addition to myself Nicole Wallace is an important part of the team she's a senior operations manager and she really oversees all aspects of prism along with myself she works very closely with me and very closely with the prism board so she kind of She touches a lot of areas of PRISM. Okay. Jenny Velasquez is our education manager. So right now she's working with our TG14 to develop, for example, the data protection workshop. She specializes in education. Okay. Kay Granath, we've already talked about, our director of meetings. She works with Tracy Miller, our meetings coordinator, to find good venues for PRISM and to make sure that at PRISM meetings, uh, the structure and flow of the meeting is working well. We've got Patrick Filippelli and Brian Fitzgerald on our sales team working with PRISM corporate partners to make sure that their message is reaching the appropriate people and that their message has value. We've got Rachel Frank as our managing editor of In Focus, so she's working right now with the core group of authors to develop our September issue. We've also got Connie French, who's our account administrator, so she'll often reach out and schedule task group conference calls or some of the nuts and bolts that we really need to do to make PRISM running smooth. We've also got Justin Smith, who's our member re- representative. So he's a key person at PRISM. If you call the PRISM general phone number, it's often Justin that will answer the phone and direct the call appropriately. So you can see um,
1: yeah. wow. that's,
2: that's more than just four or five people, and it really leverages the expertise of each staff person.
0: Yeah, that, that's that's really cool. And that, that I think, is something that to me, you know, one of the things that I, I'm aware of is a small association trying to get, you know, a hundred rooms or even three hundred rooms doesn't have a lot of clout. But I guess in connection, say, with what Kay and it was Nicole, I think that you said they have also the buying power of the entire association management company at their disposal, right?
2: Well, exactly. So I'll give you an example. We recently signed a contract for our 2013 conference, which I'll be happy to talk about later if you like. But one of the things that Kay and Tracy were able to negotiate was free wireless Internet access for all of our attendees.
0: Yay. So. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so you
2: don't have to spend that's that good. $20 ga- per day. That's got
0: to be the most frustrating thing in hotels is that the nice hotels you go to for events like this charge you through the nose for wireless. I love it. Well, that's yeah. that's a wonderful benefit already. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've talked a little bit about the team, but what are some of the things that you as the executive director in this new team, in coordination with the board and the task group leaders and that, what are some of the things that you as a leadership are now bringing to PRISM in the future?
2: Sure. Well, we've got a couple things up our sleeve that we're pretty excited about. You may have noticed we've launched a new e-newsletter called PRISM Week in Review. Newsletter, what it does, it calls hundreds of newswire services for stories that are important to our members and a synopsis of some of the most important events and trends in the industry. So what we do, we collect that, we assemble it, and we send it out once per week on a Wednesday morning. And we've only sent out a couple so far. It's relatively new, but our reviews have been terrific. Our members have been finding that Prism in Review to be really relevant. And a really it's a quick read, but it's really nice. It right. summarizes the week's events very nicely. We also have launched the first-ever digital edition of In Focus, our quarterly magazine, We're pretty excited about that because uh, we're we're proud of our magazine, but this digital version, it's just another way to reach more people. Um, It brings important information to our members. It does help extend the Prism brand a little bit. It adds value for our advertisers. So we're excited about the digital version of InFocus. Oh, cool. And then hopefully you've seen the lineup for our data protection workshop that we're holding September 6th and 7th in Chicago. Sean Stevens and our entire task group, They've done a terrific job in putting together a wonderful program. We're really excited about that. So, you know, we'd like to think we've had some early successes right out of the gate.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's that's wonderful. What are you most excited about going forward? What are, what are the things that you particularly feel passionate about and excite you a great deal?
2: Well, you know, the thing about PRISM is that it's got all the elements necessary to really continue the growth that we've seen in the past few years. You know, I've already spoken about this, but I, I can't emphasize it too much. We've got terrific volunteer leaders that are great to work with. They're passionate and dedicated, not only to PRISM, but the entire records and information management industry. So you know, I'm in constant contact with Jim Teske and Nate Campbell and Chris and Lori, and, and that's just a wonderful thing. Yeah. We've also got, frankly, PRISM's just a solid organization. I like to think we've got a lot of benefits of membership, We've got a lot of venues for face-to-face meetings and networking. So that, combined with the fact that, you know, when I talk to a prospective Prism member, I'm not going to have to do a tap dance. I'm not going to have to, kind of, suddenly think on my feet and think of reasons why Prism membership would be important to them. We've got a solid core of benefits, and and that's a really nice place to be.
1: Yeah. And then
2: finally, I've got a great team around me. Uh, We just met earlier with our staff meeting. There's some great ideas flying around that we've kind of all rolled up our sleeves. We've got some great ideas planned for the next year, if not sooner. And, you know, it's great to be around a team. They always say the best key to success is hiring smart people and let them do their jobs. So I've hired a bunch of people smarter than me. (laughs) They Mm -hmm. sit around me in rooms and think of great ideas, and they're very excited, and that's really fun to see.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's, That's really cool. So, I mean, this industry, so you've come into this industry, and... Obviously, not having been part of it, been part of an association management environment for a long time. What is, from your now new, somewhat unique perspective, but been in it a little bit, what is intriguing to you about this industry as a whole?
2: Well, it's obviously staying on top of technology and all the technological trends is a wonderful thing. Uh, There are associations that struggle because their members are either afraid of new technology or to use it. You know, years ago, I was working with an association where its members were you know, very worried about websites and should I really get a website. You know, It's certainly a pleasure to work with an association where that's not the case. PRISM members are excited about technology, embrace it, and are really good at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that and obviously... PRISM leadership and PRISM members have been very welcoming and they were great to us in Las Vegas. I sat down and had a lot of great conversations, including a couple with you. So, you know, it's it's just been terrific.
0: Oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. What does a man like you, when you're not completely entranced by the association you're managing and you're not studying them with a PhD kind of perspective and trying to lead a team forward. What do you do for fun? What do you do do when you're not doing this?
2: My wife, Brenda, and I are blessed with a five-year-old son named Benjamin. And I have to confess, I love my job. I, I love working with the people that I work with. But probably the best part of my day is when I come home, Benjamin sees me and runs down the hall and says, Daddy, Daddy, and gives me a big hug. I mean, it's hard to beat that. So in terms of what I like to do when I'm not working on Prism, I love to spend time with Benjamin, my five-year-old, and Brenda, my wife, of over 20 years. Occasionally, you'll find me out fishing a little bit. I do love fishing and camping. Wow. I've been rumored to enjoy a glass of wine every once in a while. So that pretty much sums it up, I'd say.
0: Those who might never encounter the private Dave Burgesson might be surprised to learn what about you?
2: Well, my background is rather unique. We went into that already. Yeah. You, know, you don't see me and immediately think, well, there's a guy with a PhD in biological anthropology. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what that looks like exactly. But yeah, so I've in my previous career, shall we say, I've spent plenty of time by myself walking through jungles Um, both during the day and during night. And I've seen some pretty interesting things.
0: Yeah. So how has your biological, anthropological education and training affected the way you work in an association? What has that brought to you? Obviously, everything we've done brings something, but you you obviously have a very unique and distinct kind of training. How how has that affected the, the work you do as an executive director?
2: Well, number one, it's made me very data-driven. So one of the things I did in grad school is learn about statistics, learn about surveys. So we've already sent out a number of surveys to attendees, to conference exhibitors, to people who didn't attend conference. So I like to think I'm very data-driven. Right. And secondly, you know, this isn't something that you immediately kind of appreciate, but when you think about it, when you're at a field station with four or five other researchers, And all you've got around you is jungle and monkeys and, you know, ants or army ants or whatever the case may be. You'd better learn to get along with people pretty well because there's no running and hiding in the middle (laughs) of the jungle when you've got four or five people around you. So you learn to work with people. You learn to respect people, give them what they need, and get what you need in the meantime. So that was an unanticipated benefit in my early career.
0: Yeah, that's very cool. I appreciate you taking the time but I I always like to explore the, who you are as a person a bit more and this particular question I'm borrowing heavily from a wonderful British radio show called Desert Island Discs. <laughs> and the question that is asked on that show and you know what's really cool about that show it's it's probably the longest running continuously running radio program in the world. And of course you can tell I probably because of the nature of what I do, I love radio. But the whole premise of the show is if you were a castaway on a desert island and you could take one CD, one book, and one luxury item on this desert island, what would you choose to take in each of those categories? So one musical disc, one book, and one luxury item. What would you take?
2: Hmm, my goodness. Well, in terms of the CD... yeah. I'm thinking of uh, "Time Out" by Dave Brubeck. It's a classic. Oh, I really, I really do like it a lot. Yeah. I was uh, I was I played trombone in my high school and college years, and I got to appreciate things not only jazz, but kind of the odd rhythms and time signatures that, that Brubeck brought to us in that CD. So yeah, that would that would probably be my CD.
0: Okay. Great um, CD, by the way. Wonderful CD.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah no, it's it's terrific. In terms of books, a couple things come to mind. I probably shouldn't say You Are the Logo by Tom Adams, even though I would yeah, to do it. Don't say it's that. It's a terrific no. book. No, let's, <laughs> let's
0: leave that one out for now.
2: Okay. It's not a uh,
0: desert island book, for sure.
2: Well, no, it isn't. Um, <laughs> but, you know, one, one book that I really did like was a book called The Diving Bell. I believe it was called The Diving Bell and the Butterfly, and it talked about it was written by a man who had a stroke Late in life, and really couldn't do much at all, and it was just kind of musings on life. It came out about ten years ago, and it's it's been an influential book to me. Hmm. Um, it was very inspirational, very thoughtful.
0: The Diving Bell and the Butterfly.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. I've never heard of it. Very oh, interesting.
2: It's, yeah, it's wonderful.
0: And a luxury item. It could be any kind of luxury item, but it's something that that you particularly love or appreciate.
2: A luxury item. Yeah. I'd have to say a, a few bottles of a good wine. Mm. Maybe a Shiraz, maybe a Malbec, maybe a nice Italian red. I do like all those things. And since it is a luxury item, that would probably be what I'd select.
0: All right, have a, have a couple of good bottles of wine on the desert island.
2: Hey, i got nothing better to do. I may as well drink a couple <laughs> glasses of wine.
0: Listen to some Brubeck, some nice wine, and uh, re- read a little bit of The Diving Bell and the Butterfly just to well, keep you... That sounds good other than the desert island part. Right. Well, Dave, it has been a real pleasure to catch up with you, to learn more about you, to hear a little bit about uh, what's happening at Prism, your your role in that, your history, the the monkeys, everything. It's all good, and it's. Uh, I'm really looking forward to working with you, communicating with you, and, and having you back on the show. I, I really hope that on a regular basis we can have you back and keep Keep us updated on what's happening in Prism World, but it's been a pleasure having you on the 99th show today. Thank you.
2: Well, I have to say thanks to you as well. You know, I learned very quickly what a unique position you have in this industry, and I'm sure all Prism members and all industry members would agree with me that what you do is a really valuable thing. I, I listen to the Rim Report regularly, and
0: thanks for having me and thanks for what you do. Oh, thank you. It's been great. Hey, there you have it, another great show. Special thanks to Dave Bergeson, Prism's new executive director, for joining us. And thank you to you as well. Let me remind you to be on the show next week. It'll be our 100th show. Lots of cool stuff happening. Hey, don't miss it. And as always, special thanks to O'Neill Software. They've been our exclusive sponsor for 66 shows now. You know, this group is committed to leading the industry with innovative software and information solutions to support the kind of work we do. Celebrating their 30th year, O'Neill Software is installed in over 1,000 record centers in more than 78 countries, ranging from startups to multinationals. If you're interested in being one of them, you can learn more about them at O'Neilsoft. Dot .com Well, that's it for us. We are out of here on this 99th show. Thanks for being with us. We'll catch up next week at 100. See ya. Bye.
2: Thanks for joining us on the Rim Pro Report with Tom Adams. If you enjoyed the show, Please tell others.
1: Our website is www.rimproreport.com
2: where you can find show archives and a whole lot more. This broadcast is produced and hosted by Flourish Press Incorporated.
1: Join us again soon.